Well, hey, hey there, Chunkies. It's Carter here, the guy that you're normally hearing on your Mondays and Tuesdays, but uh, you're going to hear a different voice on this one. You're going to wish you saw the face of this voice, but this was one of our uh, original members. This was David. Uh, David left the podcast because David had a baby and those kind of things happened. But here's the twist. That baby is me. So enjoy this wonderful podcast with Jordan, Doge, and my dad. And uh, I hope it's super. Bye. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Okay, would you watch a Scooby-Doo movie if the whole plot of the Scooby-Doo movie was not solving a mystery, but it was the gang all getting ready for Fred and Daphne's wedding? No. That's the and, whole movie? And Scooby's the like, Scooby's like the ring bearer, and like obviously Scrappy performs the ceremony. I would watch a movie where they were all at a destination wedding and something went something crazy. Went yeah. yeah, they found a dead body before the ceremony. And it was Fred. <gasps> but, but, Fred but they found a Fred body. But Fred wasn't <laughs> actually dead. Which of the Mystery Incorporated gang is most likely to be Daphne's maid of honor? There's only one other girl. Velma, right? It literally has to be Velma. Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> now ask me who's going to be Fred's best man. Is it going to be Scoob or Shaggy? It has to be Shaggy. Because Scooby's a ring bearer. Right. Yeah. And he Scrappy, I mean, and we're all agree Scrappy's performing the ceremony. And I talked to someone the other day who said, can you please stop doing really long openings so I had to fast forward through the- Did you really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> he was like... <laughs> Our openings are like... Minute. Some of them are. Some of them we go. We go. The longest we've ever done is a minute fourteen. Shut up. No, it's not. I I edit them. The longest we've ever done is a minute fourteen. Hey, whoever the heck you are, if you can't make it through a minute of us talking about Scooby Wedding, Scooby Doo, and Mystery Incorporated colon the Wedding of the Century. Scooby, screw you. Hello and welcome to Two Chunks and a Hunk, a movie podcast where we give pumps and dumps. My name is Jordan Wonders, and today. I'm your chunk. I'm Doge, and are you ready for another chunk? <laughs> my name is David Bleese, and I took out my hunk reactor. <laughs> Very nice. <All> right. <laughs> That'll work. Well, we want to make sure that we do everything we can to keep this intro short and to the point. So today, we're talking about Iron, Iron Man, Man 3. 3. And I'm just going to go ahead and slide it over <laughs> like I'm curling. <laughs> Olympics, everybody. Olympics, Olympics. jokes. <laughs> to my friend Doge. For a synopsis. <laughs> so Iron Man 3 picks up immediately after the events of the Avengers with Tony suffering some pretty serious post-traumatic wormhole disorder. Post-Tony wormhole disorder. Post-Tony stress disorder. Post-Tony wormhole disorder. Um, uh, like can't sleep. He's compulsively making suits. I think in Avengers, he was on the Mark 7 Iron Man suit. When we pick up this movie, he's on like 46 mm-hmm. or something crazy like that. Uh, yeah. It's been about a year since the events of the Avengers. That was six um, months. <laughs> <laughs> It's been about half a year since the events of the Avengers. Um, and uh, gotcha. the, yeah. the nation is kind of in the grip of a, a terror crisis. Yeah. Uh, the Mandarin is an international terrorist who's been making threats on TV. Um, and so this movie is kind of the story of Tony confronting the Mandarin 
which we later find out some interesting things about uh, the identity of the Mandarin. Yep. So, so sure. I think it's important though, to frame this movie as almost Tony versus Tony in a way. Yeah, see, we could, we, it's a big plot of if that. We see, if we say that this is Tony versus Tony though, then we're retreading the ground from Iron Man two and the story doesn't need to happen. <clears throat> That's something that, that I will get to at the point of this, but I, I feel like this movie is tough to analyze, tough to give a broad level overview because sure. the, the story is so fragmented. Tony doesn't really have a very clear goal in this movie. Yeah, but I feel like he's a different Tony. I, I don't know. I feel like when you change, it's possible to have new battles with yourself. Yes, I agree. I think this movie doesn't really work as a standalone Tony chapter. Right. Like this this is just a chunk of Tony's journey that we see overall in the movies. Um, it's not a hunk of Tony's journey. It's a chunk of Tony's journey that we see overall through these movies, but it doesn't necessarily... There's not a clear beginning and a clear end for this section. You know what I mean? It doesn't yeah. seem like a logical section to remove from the others. Well, I think I think I agree with you in the sense of his goal in this, as he says, it's um, when he's getting interviewed, it's like good old fashioned revenge. Right. It's almost it almost starts because Happy uh, almost gets killed in an explosion, yeah. and he wants to find the people responsible, which right. is the Mandarin. But then at this point, we're it. thirty minutes into the movie. Yeah. Like we can cut those first thirty minutes, and we don't lose anything from this. So movie. I think you're. I think the the main conflict that you're dealing with is Tony versus Tony, but it's in the, in Iron Man two, which versus his immortality in this, it's versus his PTSD right? and his fear of losing pepper and everything yeah. that means anything to him. The closest we get to any sort of thematic framing device is that opening voiceover where he says we create our own demons. Yeah. Um, and so you can interpret this as the consequences of the past coming back to haunt Tony, Yeah, but that's Iron Man one. Speaking of that opening voiceover, did they just abandon that? No, it's it's carried throughout the movie, and we we contextualize all of those voiceovers in the post credit scene. Yeah, I guess that's right. Yeah, no, it carries throughout the movie. Like yeah. we we get it at at the beginning and at the end. It's kind of a framing yeah. device. Yeah, I guess you're right. Well, it opens up. There is a flashback uh, to the nineties. Ninety nine. Ninety nine. Yeah. Uh, Y2K. Where yeah. he uh, <laughs> New Year's Eve ninety nine. Uh-huh. He he's old Tony, the Tony that we met at the beginning of Iron Man one. So or young. rather. Young old, He's young Tony. old Tony. Yeah, yeah. Young, young former Tony. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Happy is there. Pepper's there with a mullet. Yeah, pe- Happy Happy's got Pepper. a mullet. Um, and he Pepper's meets. Not there. She's not. Uh. Uh-uh. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, Pepper's well, not there. I, I guess we can assume she's working for him, but not at the. She's not in that scene. You're right. Um, he meets Killian, who is a. Like okay. a cripple or something, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was disabled somehow. It's like because some sort of muscular disorder. He walks with yeah. a very distinct limp. Yeah, and is a little hunched. And I he think. has like bad teeth and yeah. stuff. And yeah. he meets a botanist. Uh, Tony meets a botanist. Maya, who he wants Maya to uh, have relations with, uh, and he's successful in that. Yeah. Um, she talks about he's she's developing this new. Uh, this new what is it? It's like cellular regeneration, essentially healing yourself, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but. There's somebody else at this party. Yes, he meets uh, the man who saved him in the Yinsen. cave. Yinsen. Yinsen. Yep. Yeah. Which I, I love that touch. Yep. And we get that it's it fulfills what we got in Iron Man 1. When yep. Yinsen's like, we met, remember? We met and Tony's before. like, I'm sorry, I don't. He's like, it was at a conference. In, he was like, you were pretty drunk. In Bern, 99, you were pretty drunk. So good. I love yeah, that. It was great. That, that's where Marvel really gets uh-huh. his stuff together. Yeah, so they yeah. know how to Those keep a storyline. moments, yep. yeah. Um, well, uh, Tony basically... He leaves her in the morning, but he basically solves the missing missing puzzle piece for that technology. Yeah, yeah. Which allows her to 
hook up with Killian later and develop what is not a perfect um, cellular regeneration program. Highly flawed, actually. En- yeah, en- yeah. Enough to actually do what it's supposed to do, which is can grow back a leg, grow back an yeah. arm, but it also has side effects, which is you become like a lava monster and can self-explode. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. If you can't regulate. Yeah. Yeah. So that we learned that at the beginning, and then we catch up with Tony Stark having PTSD. <clears throat> yep. Mm-hmm. Here's a... I'm like, I'm, I'm about to dump, but I have a question mark maybe before I dump. Okay. Because he has PTSD for going... Um, up the wormhole and almost dying and sacrificing himself. But I feel like this PTSD is like, it's really hitting him hard. And like panic attacks and stuff. Yeah, yeah where I felt like wouldn't in Iron Man 1 him getting abducted and almost tortured not cause that kind My of PTSD My interpretation as well? was that, he, that what he's suffering from in Iron Man 3 is specifically because he thought that he had solved his danger problem. He yeah. thought that he had come up with the solution to him ever being in a life-threatening situation again. And he thought that with that suit, he could protect himself and the people that he cared about at least to a, up to a certain point. And then when yeah. aliens are brought into the picture and these otherworldly beings that can destroy whatever he cares about instantly, all of a sudden he realizes his suit can't cut it. And yeah. that's yeah, why yeah. we jump from seven to 42. Yeah. Is because, 42, isn't it? I, I Mark think 40 something. I don't know. 40, yeah. Seven to 40 something. Yeah. And I think it's because what he's suffering from is not necessarily, I, I, I honestly don't really even know if PTSD is the right word for it. So much as just anxiety attacks of, no matter what I build, it's not strong enough. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think it, it comes more from a place of not feeling defenseless because he felt defenseless in Iron Man 1. I think it's losing the defense that he felt like he had created for himself. Yeah. Well, and we talked in our Iron Man 1 episode about how everything he does from this point forward is built on Yinsen's last words to him. He's like, don't waste it. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I saved your life. Don't waste it. Right. Yeah. Um, and so... I think it's exactly what you're saying that like he realizes that no matter what he builds, it's not enough. Right. Um, I was going to say something about that, but then I coughed and now it's, I coughed out. I coughed my thought. <laughs> you out. coughed your thoughts. It's, it's fine. Gone. I coughed out my idea. It's gone. <laughs> um, yeah. So I do love seeing again, like we've talked about in the Marvel cinematic universe, uh, the consequences of things mm, yeah. happening in other movies. So the the first time I watched this movie, I love being like, this is a different Tony Stark. Yeah. Cause Iron Man two, felt like an Iron Man one because he was dealing with his own immortality. So I felt like he didn't grow much. He reverted back to his old ways. Yeah. But this one felt like a different Tony Stark. Yeah. So I felt like this is the first movie we got where he was a different person. Well, it yeah. almost felt, I'm going to jump ahead way ahead just for this one specific observation, but it feels like we almost see him revert, not back to where he was in Iron Man one, but back to where he was pre Avengers there at the end of Iron Man three, where he uses kind of ingenuity to win yes. the day and like, isn't afraid of making decisions or yeah. anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and we, and we can kind of talk broadly about the plot. And if you guys want to park it, yeah. um, he, he goes to investigate this explosion that happy was nearby mm-hmm. and happy is injured we see bits and pieces of the Mandarin having yeah. uh, videotapes to America basically saying, mm-hmm. I'm teaching. Well, let's talk about why Happy's there. Because yeah. Happy's there because Killian comes to meet with Pepper. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and essentially wants to sell. Killian, who is hot now, by the yeah, way. Hot Killian. Mm-hmm. Guy, hot Guy and Pierce. I love Guy Pierce. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I love Guy Pierce. He's really good in this. Um, he wants to, he essentially wants to sell Stark Industries. Yeah. He wants to like partner with them. Right. Um, because we later find out he's working with Maya Hansen. She knows that Tony holds the missing piece of her equation that's going to stop the extremist soldiers from exploding. Yeah. And 
uh, Pepper says, although it's incredible, it's highly weaponized. It's weaponized. It could, it could be highly weaponized. And so yeah. it's too much of a risk. Love yep. that. And saying, we don't do that anymore. So Happy follows him. And uh, at the scene, he spontaneously combusts, creating an explosion. Not right. Killian, a soldier. A soldier. No, soldier. Yeah. Um, and uh, Happy's put in the emergency room and he's in critical condition. Right. Which then Tony gets pissed about and says, hey, Mandarin, here's my address. Come find me. Make it happen kind of a thing. Um, yeah. yeah. Let's duke it out, me and you. This isn't politi- politics. This is good old-fashioned revenge. So how is... that's? So how does the the Mandarin plot mm-hmm. fit into the Tony PTSD plot? You know what I mean? Because I don't, I don't necessarily see a, collect, a connection between those. In fact, the Mandarin plot line feels like Tony running from what... I mean, if we, say, if we were to say the root cause of his PTSD, anxiety, whatever you want to call it, is yeah. the threats that he can stand no chance against that he can't understand that forces him to reframe his worldview. The Mandarin is not one of those threats. The Mandarin is Tony running from that problem and just throwing himself into another problem. I think absolutely that's what it is. That's yeah. how I interpreted it. Is yeah. it he, in the Mandarin? He saw somebody he could defeat. Mm-hmm. He so saw, he saw a human that's the reason. That's the reason he reacted that way. I, I, I think it was that. And I mean, plus the love for happy. Well, the love for happy, but then even on top of that, the Mandarin that they're presenting to Tony is the leader of the organization that kidnapped Tony in the first movie. Yeah. And so I think it's personal on multiple levels. So, so one, I think it's personal because this is a group that he thought he had wiped out. Two, they have hurt his best friend. And three, I think he is in the process of trying to almost pivot away from supernatural threats and things that are freaking him out. I think in the Mandarin at the time he saw a threat that was human flesh and blood that he could blow up and say, good night. See you later. And I think it's a distraction. I think it's a distraction from the PTSD. Then is it not simpler to focus on just the Mandarin in this movie and, and leave, like we can have bits of the PTSD. Is it and not panic his attacks? natural state to bow? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't like, it easier though to focus on that? And because to me, the big problem I have with this movie is that if we if we spend the first, I mean, this is like thirty minutes into the movie before we get any kind of hint of a conflict between Tony and the Mandarin. Yeah, personally, like yeah. that conflict lock between our protagonist <laughs> and our antagonist, or at least the face of our antagonist for now. Yeah. Look, um, here's the thing: Shane Black. His movies, what he's special. Yeah. The director of this movie, what he specializes in is, um, sort of like mystery thriller, um, whodunit kind of situations. Action comedy too. Yeah. And if you look at this movie, not as a comic book action movie, but as a mystery whodunit thriller, I would actually say that the structure holds up because what we have is a misdirect at the beginning of Mm -hmm. who the true villain is. But actually when in reality, the real villain is revealed to us in the first 30 seconds of the movie. I agree. So we can have those 30 seconds and then cut out the first 30 minutes because we don't need, like we can have the bits and pieces of them investigating and that kind of thing, but we don't need the Tony's compulsively making suits. Tony is stressed, uh, anxiety, whatever about threats that he can't fight. Because if we have those things in the beginning of this movie, then we have to land Tony at the end of this movie where we land him, which is accepting essentially his own mortality. And the fact that he, there's going to be threats he can't face having the arc reactor removed and that necessary next step, which doesn't fit with the Mandarin story. These are two different stories. But I don't feel like the, the, I don't feel like the overall conflict is about his own mortality. I feel like that was, that was Iron Man two. I then, what, like, then his own lack of control, I guess. Is what I think I'm that's saying. more that what it is. is. Yeah. Then I, I think again, then I, I think that's a story like, like if we're, if this movie is a sandwich, the bread does not match the meat in the middle. Like sure. the bread that we get is a story. It should be the last Iron Man story. Right. Like you have the arc reactor removed. That should be the last Iron Man story. Right. When he says 
this is behind me. I'm learning to accept the things I can't control. Right. I, I, I think that what we're seeing is the marriage between the Shane Black style of mystery whodunit and the pre-existing superhero story. And so because of that, I think, uh, you know, I would argue that we do actually as an audience need to see Tony struggling at the beginning and need to see Killian coming in and pitching his idea. Yeah. I just think that it's kind of a messy marriage between two different. I think it weakens both movie. Yeah. I, I think they're I would both say strong ideas and I think yeah. it weakens both of them. Yeah. I think, I think alone they're great styles of storytelling and when mashed together, it loses some of what makes them both great. Yeah. But but I don't I wouldn't call it a failure either. No 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 it's definitely an entertaining movie sure. and I I obviously liked it much more this yeah. time than I did the first time. Sure, um, just weird weird thematic shifts yeah. and that, it causes we weird to, pacing too. Yes, exactly because of the, the the necessity to retain mystery. Yeah, but also the necessity to exposit character information. We have to remain mystery, but also it's a superhero movie. So there has to be like at least three or four big action set yeah, pieces. Yeah, yeah. So, which it's actually weird. brings us to the house action set piece. Yeah. Yeah. Which is where we are now. Pretty dope. So, cause when Tony yeah. leaves the hospital, the house, are you talking about Tony his house? Yeah, house? Yeah. Got it. Okay. So, um, Tony gets back to Malibu. Sure. And pepper's there. And then, uh, the botanist comes in. Yep. What's her name again? Maya. 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 Maya comes in and says, you know, Basically, you don't know who you're dealing with. Like, let me help you. Yep. And Tony's then, Tony and says, nah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then uh, some of Killian's men come in helicopters and missile launch the mm-hmm. entire house, which you get one of the most incredible scenes in this movie. And MCU up to this point where he throws the Iron Man yes. sword onto Pepper. Onto Pepper. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh my yeah. Goodness. That slow-mo explosion of it, like, Forming onto her. Yes. Oh, it's so cool. And, then, so and cool. then when she gets outside and safe and he calls it back to himself and it's coming off of Pepper. Uh-huh. Yep. And you're like, go, 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 uh-huh. go. That's a really, really awesome sequence. The, it really the is. Iron Man suit becomes more of a character it almost does. in yeah. this movie. Well, what that does to me is it allows Jarvis to become more of a character. Yeah. Because it, it allows the Iron Man suit to have some agency on its own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because Jarvis can be in control of it, which I think paves the way for Vision. Yeah. Which is... Yeah, one of rules. the cool, yeah, vision yeah. freaking rules. <laughs> um, where this is one of the coolest scenes, um, that we get in the movie, and it was in the trailers, and mm, it was yeah. kind of like the, the pivotal moment of the breaking point mm. for Tony, where I really think the movie kind of starts, yeah, uh, because I think the the model for this movie was let's take the suit away from Tony, yeah, which like I love, yeah, love I that. love that so much. I, that actually is my super pump is how much of this movie Tony is just Tony, yeah. Because we see, we see scrappy box in a cave box of scraps. Tony again. <laughs> we see Tony just say, "Here's what I need. Here's what I need. Yep. Let's do this." And I in love Tennessee it. with a Hello Kitty watch. Yeah, exactly. it's Dora. It's Dora the Explorer. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. And, and also, my super pump was honestly almost his relationship with the kid. Yeah. Specifically focused on that watch. Yep. How much he like feels the responsibility for that watch is so. <laughs> Funny. Yep. Yeah. It's also really sweet. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so Wait, I, I think I think the the whole structure of this movie was we gotta take this we gotta take the suit away. Yeah. Because yeah. We, we've seen Iron Man pop up in multiple movies now, mm-hmm. and he's Iron Man. Yep. And we need to get back to Tony Stark. Who's Tony? Yeah. So yeah. they uh, the suit goes under. He almost dies. Uh, the suit launches him to. It's Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah. It's a flight path that Jarvis had put together when Tony was investigating the yeah. heat signatures of the extremist bombs. So oh, yeah. It was one of the soldiers yeah. that mm-hmm. had so lived he, in Tennessee. He, so he basically goes to the crime scene yeah. of the extremist bomb. But is now stranded at the crime scene, yeah. essentially. Yep. Um, where 
And everybody thinks he's dead. That's important. They think he's dead because the Iron Man suit shuts off. He has yep. no way of communicating with anybody. He has to pull it in the snow, which I think is dope. Anybody else get kind of sad when Jarvis basically passed out in the suit? <laughs> yeah. I think I need to sleep for a while. Yeah, I was just yep. like, Jarvis, no. <laughs> um, no, Peter. No. <laughs> a pretty big plot hole, though. And I think a lot of people have talked about it, which I think will be my super dump. Oh. Is... Fast forward to the end of this movie, the climax. He says, operate, or uh, he tells Jarvis to um, open the, what is it called? Order 66, call the Jedi. Celebration. He's got two house party protocol, which launches all the suits, and Uh then operation clean slate, which fireworks all the suits. Uh, House party. Yeah. He says, operate house party protocol. And all 40 of the suits, which are incredible, and they're dope, and they're, everyone's different. Uh Love that. Gosh, I love that. Uh I think it, in in going back and knowing that was going to happen, you created kind of a, like we've talked about a superhero trope where it's like, well, where was that power in the yeah. opening scene? I think that left me saying, wait, where, where, where was the house party protocol when the house was destroyed? Yeah. Where was the house party protocol when he saw the helicopter coming? Where was house party protocol when he was about to die in the bottom of the ocean? He was like, this is my only suit. Completely. Yeah. yeah. So it kind of creates that, that, uh, that false sense of high stakes yeah. of like, this is his only suit. I totally agree. He's about to die. Yeah. Doesn't then, necessarily hold up. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't hold up. So that was my super dump going back and watching it. Yeah. Although the first watch, you kind of forget. Yeah. You're like, Oh, all of the suits. It yeah. still, it doesn't quite hold up. It still completely works for me though. I it, love that. It doesn't, that. it doesn't, the, the reason it happens doesn't work. I completely agree. Watching the battle though, with all the suits. Oh yeah. <laughs> awesome. and, and I think it's so cool. Because I don't know how to how to fix it, right? But I feel like a team of writers could have figured out a way to make that house party uh, protocol not functional yet. I think yeah, the I easiest mean, I think thing would have been show him in Tennessee in the kid's barn, like working on his computer. Like Jarvis, upload this protocol. Yeah, we got to make sure that this is. And, and I was thinking of of, yeah. of having basically someone go into the ruins of the house and Tony's talking to them, Has to start it through up, it to start yeah. it. Yeah. See, yeah. Like all I was thinking was maybe have remains of the house fall on the door and the door won't open Some, yeah. something even that simple where he tries to use it any oh, point be being cool. he tries to use it yeah and it just yeah. won't open point yeah. being any number of ways that that could have been rectified and just kind of wasn't <laughs> yeah which, so. which marvel's pretty notorious for just throwing out little like you know <laughs> wasn't that cool yeah and oh, first yeah. watch everybody's like yeah, <laughs> yeah it was. Like, but it didn't why didn't you do that before though, yeah. yeah so uh he's in tennessee um, he's at the scene of the crime, realizing this is not a regular bomb mm-hmm. um, because there's there was no he didn't like, have a shadow. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, it wasn't there's like no shadow. There was no actual uh, explosion. Which, of course, Tony is like an arson detective too. Yeah, yeah. Like that's another thing where it's just like, how does he know that? He went to MIT, so like <laughs> chill out. Um, but then uh, he meets with the soldier who combusted the the his mother. mother. Yeah. His mom. yeah. And she basically says, like, they're trying to cover this up. Yeah. This yeah. is not the truth. And then he runs into two of uh, the henchmen yeah. who are also. Well, he realizes that she wasn't there to meet him. She was there to meet with the, the henchmen. Yeah. They're going to take, take her out. Yep. So there's that big battle, <clears throat> that big fight. <laughs> big there's that big battle. Is that big battle at the bar? A <laughs> uh, big battle, isn't it? Yeah. So <laughs> they, they battle See at the bar. Happens. See what happens. And that's, that's kind of the first uh, <laughs> fight scene that we get where Tony is uh, without his suit. Yeah. Right? And he has to figure out a way to get rid of them with just pipes and ovens. And I love that. Yeah. It's, so it's a cool scene. Yeah. I, you get to decide if we have the same super pump. Okay. Because going into this discussion, I had planned on my super pump is 
the mechanic, essentially the character of yeah. that, that Tony presents himself to the kid. Yeah. And he's like, you can call me the mechanic, uh, which is that like he makes all the gadgets and, and like is really like just essentially budget Iron Man. Yeah. yeah. And I love that so much. I think that works so, so cool. well. Yeah. Tony demonstrates such great capability yeah. and you have to have that in a protagonist. So that's oh, yeah. fantastic. Yeah. I would say we have overlapping superpowers because okay. mine co- right. encompasses mine, more than that. Yeah. See, mine, mine encompasses less than that because I was trying to keep it just a scene. Get at it. My super pump is Iron Man 3, Kevin McAllister all grown up where <laughs> yeah. he goes to the mansion with nothing but Home Depot light yep. bulbs and yeah, uh, I do kind of love that. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. I think you're what you're what you're talking about is we need to know that Tony Stark is more than the suit. Yep, and the reason he even has a suit in the first place is because he's Tony Stark, and I think we can forget that, guys. Yeah, what tone alone? Tone alone. I was going to say at the Mandarin's home alone. Tone tone alone is <laughs> at the yeah at the Mandarin's home alone. Yeah, <laughs> no, we all agreed. No, on tone alone. You're right. Tone alone no, is yeah, way better. At the Mandarin's home alone and, is well, and another thing. <laughs> Uh, so we, we find that scene when he's, um, he's sneaking into the Mandarin's house. He's located the Mandarin and he basically just has to deal with like 40 henchmen with no suit. Um, and you get a pretty big scene where he finally locates the Mandarin Mm -hmm. and you have probably what is the biggest twist in this movie, which is the Mandarin's not the Mandarin. (laughs) Yeah. He's a British guy named Trevor, (laughs) Trevor Slattery, (laughs) which I thought was super funny. But I was a little bit disappointed because I thought he was a pretty cool villain so, that yeah. was kind of wasted. The first time I saw this movie, that 100% kept me from liking this movie and it kept me from re-watching it. Yeah. Um, but knowing that's coming, it doesn't bother me as much. Sure. And I think it, it, it still bothers me. Like I still hate that we don't yeah. get, we're not going to get the Mandarin in the MCU, yeah. um, which, I, which does suck. Um, yeah. And so I was explaining it to my wife when we watched this the other night of like... Um, that's a great reveal. It's a great twist and it works really well. But imagine a Batman movie where the Joker's the villain. And then we find out all along, it's not the Joker. It's just an actor that the penguin hired. Yeah. Yeah. Like that doesn't quite work because of who the villains are. Sure. It's it's one of Iron Man's greatest villains. And, it's Ben Kingsley and he kind of yeah. killed it. He Ben Kingsley just kind of kill it. Ben Kingsley crushed it in both roles, Mandarin and Trevor. <laughs> yeah, it's true. He, was, yeah. so he was funny. In, when he falls asleep, mid interrogation, <laughs> I yep. lost it. <laughs> yeah. He's so good. But yeah, I think, I think we did get a little bit of a, a wasted villain. Yeah. However, mm-hmm. it, it made sense if this, for someone who didn't know comic books or didn't know who the Mandarin mm-hmm. was, it was just a great twist. Yeah. 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 Cause he, he, you realize he's not the one pulling strings. Yeah. It's, and I think if we can, that's one thing where our pre existing knowledge might be a bit of a disadvantage to us yeah. in terms of evaluating this movie. Like if we can separate ourselves from yeah. Yeah. knowing the history of Tony and the Mandarin yeah. and the 10 rings of power and all that stuff, then like, I think we could really enjoy that. Well, I also think that's why it was something you said earlier when Marvel uses these B class, C class superheroes that not many people know about. Yeah. It makes it more enjoyable because if you make Peter Parker fly rather than swing, we're like, uh, hello, read a comic book, but you make black Panther do something that we've never read before. You go against his Canon. I don't know a lot about black Panther. So I'm like, Oh, that was dope. Yeah. I had no idea that that's or guardians of the galaxy. Yeah. Well, I'm to, not like, uh, Groot is supposed to have three branches going out of his face. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Oh, sure. Well, to me, I think the best example would be like Ant-Man. Like yeah. I look at something like Ant-Man where he's Scott Lang, who I know was Ant-Man in the comics, but maybe not like 
Not famous. He's not, not famous the for being famous. And, and, and I'm just like, yeah, that's fine. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. At least it's Paul Rudd. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because so, yeah. we don't care about as much about Ant-Man as we do about Spider-Man. I think, yeah. I think Iron Man 3 and this Mandarin twist was the point where people who had been reading comics for a while kind of had to realize that this is not, they're, we're not literally like reading a comic book and going, okay, film that scene. Sure. Like, we're to regard this as an alternate universe in the same way that the ultimate universe is different from yeah. the 616. Well, and, I, and that's what I was going to say is I think a lot of time, and this happens all the time with books that get turned into movies um, or like comic, anything. What happens is the source material, at least for me, I always picture it as it's created this rut or this track that the movie, I always picture it like an ice luge for drinks. And I'm going <laughs> to pour the drink down this ice luge. And then the movie does something and it goes down a pathway that I didn't drill into my brain ice. You know, yeah. does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so it's like, I have to be like, whoa, everything <laughs> I thought I understood oh, yeah. is wrong. And so I think that's when I can sometimes mistakenly interpret that it feeling in myself as not liking it. Yeah. Yeah. Without realizing point. that it's just like, no, it's just not it's what just I expected. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah. uh, the trailers like vehemently were like, this is really a hit home. They're like, this yeah. is the Mandarin. Yeah. Well, and that's a, that's a big thing I think for me now that I honestly feel like I learned at Iron Man three and <laughs> kind of this era of Marvel when they were really into the big pivot, like that was their yeah. whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Something I learned was like not lower expectations, just try to have none. Yeah. Like I still want it to be good. So not lower expectations and accept a, a quality, subpar movie. Quality. Yeah. Not quality, but just content going with, with no story expectation. Yeah. yeah. Which is hard to do. getting harder now. <laughs> that very hard we're to do. around Infinity War, but <laughs> yeah. we'll get there. Ugh. So he breaks in the house. He finds out that's not the Mandarin, um, and gets kidnapped by the Mandarin, um, and or by the real Mandarin, which is um, what's his name, Killian. Killian. Yeah. And Killian uh, also kidnaps Pepper Potts, uh, injects her with the extremis. Extremis. And says, "Exploder juice. She's about yep. to. She's about to die unless you complete." the formula to get extremis uh, perfected. Mm-hmm. And then Maya turns on Killian and says, no, I'll kill myself if you don't let him go. Mm-hmm. And then he kills her. Just so she has a redemptive. Her I got really annoyed with Maya's double turn, by the way. Okay, you want me to tell you my super pump, for, super dump for this movie? Yeah. Excuse me. I let the record state that I hate this element of this movie. <laughs> my super dump for this movie is that Maya Hansen was supposed to be the main villain. Have you guys read this? No. Maya Hansen in the original draft of this movie was the main villain. Really? I'm not clear if those drafts included the Mandarin twist or if the twist was the Killian. Killian was the face, but Maya was the villain. Marvel said no to Shane Black. Shane Black wanted to make her the villain. Marvel said no, because I'm not sure that kids would buy Maya Hansen action figures. Oh, that's annoying. And so Shane, Shane Black has gone on record saying that and saying like, wow, this is, this is the worst thing Marvel's done to me personally. (laughs) This is a horrible thing that's happened. Um, and I can and see that being a big old twist. Yeah. Marvel Marvel got a lot of heat for that. Um, and watching this movie, Maya Hansen would have been such a more compelling antagonist. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it would have been really, really awesome to see Killian kind of be the main face. Yeah. Maya Hansen is the twist. And then we can save the Mandarin for later and have the real Mandarin. Yeah. Oh, I was trying so hard to let you finish that sentence <laughs> before I sneezed. Oh, my brain hurts. <laughs> Oh, I was literally just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, sure, <laughs> yep, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so we've kind of skipped over a small story arc in this movie, which is uh, Rhodes is in this movie yeah. a lot. Yeah, oh, and I love him. He goes from a War Machine to the Iron Patriot, which he says <laughs> tested well in um, in uh, like public 
What was questionnaires? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like public questionnaires. Um, tested really well. And so his war machine went from that awesome gray metal to red, white, and blue with a little star. Basically, on the chest. Iron Captain America. Yeah. yeah. Which in the comics, that suit is worn by Norman Osborn. Yeah. yeah. The Green Goblin. Uh, there's a, a point in time when the government says we For need the Dark Avengers, right? Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, the, yeah. The government essentially says we need our own Avengers. And Norman Osborn is like, hey, I'm a good guy. I'm reformed. I'm not the goblin anymore. Give me a suit and I'll lead a team. And so they put together the Dark Avengers, which yeah. is like, it's like Norman Osborn is Iron Patriot. And Agent like, Venom, right? Uh, Agent Venom's not on that, but Venom Regular is on that. Venom. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wolverine's evil son clone. So it's like kind of dark doppelgangers of the original Avengers. Like a, like some kind of suicide squad. What are we, what are we some sort of dark Avenger squad? <laughs> um, so after this, uh, the president gets kidnapped mm-hmm. and you realize that the vice president has a daughter who is uh, without entity. a leg. Loved that reveal. That was yes. a great reveal. I forgot about that reveal. Yeah. And I'm watching it this last time. I was like, Oh, it's so good. It ties yep. together really well because he's going to have the, the new president in yes. his pocket. And it's the quickest way to humanize a character and show motivation. I mean, yeah. in that moment, I understood it. I understood everything I needed to know. Yeah. And we don't about that down character. That. We don't need to spend a bunch of time yeah. on that. We don't have to have the vice president. You don't like, have to learn and they, and they did secret meetings. Yeah, yeah. No, it's so great. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. They didn't have to explain like, who, who is he though? Like, well, yeah. like what's yeah. his deal? It was just boom. Yeah. And, and we, as an audience said, I get it. Shh. No, we said, ah, yep. yeah, <laughs> you're right. I was just like, Oh <laughs> no. Uh, so uh, basically cut to the end. They uh, kidnapped the president. Uh, they tie him up in the Iron Patriot, which is rendered useless. Mm. Use some real bad CGI to put President Ellis's face <laughs> in that. Oh, I'm Iron sorry. Patriot is that suit. another? We need a horn. Is that another uh, example of <laughs> floating head syndrome? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> oh, um, Marvel. But <laughs> it's some, not good in that one. Uh, for some reason, though, um, in this movie, watching Iron Man 3, my super dumps and pumps weren't on story arc or character. They were on scenes. Mm-hmm. So my super super dump being where was uh, Protocol House, house party. party. Yeah. And my super pump is the plane scene. Oh my gosh, that I plane rescue. Oh, dude. Amazing. Scene. Everything about that scene is perfect. It is so, from, so good. From the rescue to the truck at the end. Yep. That reveal with the truck at the end. Even again, yeah, this yeah. time I was just like, oh, and, and, and they, they shot that with actual skydivers. Yep. Wait, really? Like mm-hmm. 15 times. Holy moly. Yeah. Yeah. And they had to just, they had to just CGI remove their, uh, their packs. Yeah, yeah. And one of them is Iron Man. And so all of those scenes are not only like genuine people falling, but just how he gets everyone, how it's he, so how he monkey in a barrel, yeah, yeah. everybody. And at the very that end, little he, skim. he oh. crashes and he comes out of the bathroom. He's like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you realize he wasn't in the suit the whole time. Yeah. So good. Which, which, which reveals so much like unheard of power in Iron Man, the character for us now. Cause we know like Tony can basically do anything yeah. from a distance remotely. Why, then why does he ever get in the suit again? That's a great question. And, and I, that's why I don't like that review. I think they should place limitations on what it's capable of doing without him in it. Like it's like a like Bluetooth. Like it's good for like fifty feet. Well, either he, he uses a lot in Spider-Man: Homecoming. Either he you, does. yeah, he does. Either you. Then why is he in? The, why is he ever in an Iron Man suit after yeah. that? You know what I mean? Why is he physically in the Iron Man suit anytime we see him in Age of Ultron? Ultron yeah. Civil War. And, and, and why can he not control multiple? Then or I guess he can. Can he? Well, he, well, here's the other thing. This is a, a problem for me. House Party. Yeah. All of those Iron Men are fighting. Sure. So basically, if Tony Stark is getting back to work, which we can assume he is after Iron Man 3. Into getting Age back to work is in making more suits? Yeah. Yeah, okay. 
why don't we have in Age of Ultron, why don't we have in Infinity War a just a army of Iron No, Legion? I know. We do in Age of Ultron, the Iron Legion. Yeah, but the they're, not, but they're not fighting at the end. Because Ultron like hacked them. Ultron is control them uh, so, that's a good point well and age of ultron actually does kind of age of ultron's kind of the reason that that discontinues as yeah. well because they see the because it's jarvis it's mean, problematic it's, yeah. it's jarvis controlling these suits in the house party protocol right that's good that's a good call yeah okay so see now 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 i'm good <laughs> and now, <laughs> now I you keep it. going but actually so during this final fight scene at the it was it an oil rig i don't remember it's a it's a rock like shipping rocks on oil tanker yeah that's yeah, right yeah that spilled oil in obviously the an analog yeah, yeah. for Exxon, but yeah. well, Roxxon's <laughs> a company in Marvel comics has right. been a company for right. a long time. Yeah. Right. But that incident is yeah, obviously yeah. an analog for Exxon, but, um, my super dump, and this is, I'm going to be just as surprised as you guys are that this is my super dump, I think, but I, this is where I've landed. My super dump is that pepper lived. Mm. Yeah. I think it would have been so much more powerful if he lost her in that final fight. Yep. And, and cause I think that would give, us a reason for like you were saying like why does he continue to build suits why does he continue to fight what's the point like yeah, why, why isn't well, this a, a closing that, of an it's arc? clear that from here on they don't know what to do with tony and pepper yeah. because they change their status change they status. Flip, like, status. No, status status is like a really their cool status. way to say that yeah status, status is like how british people say yeah. it yeah. the status changes <laughs> in every movie Walk after this. <laughs> 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 is that a wildcat no. say, say say their status changed wildcat form the status changes. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> every movie after this one. <laughs> no, every movie after this, they're like flip flopping back and forth. Like, yeah. are they together? Are they angry at each other? Will and, they? Won't they? Yeah, we were on yeah. a break. But it's Ross, not, but Rachel. It, but they don't even. They don't even show it. They just have like one line to yeah. show you where they are. Exactly. Which. Marvel's done that a lot because there's so many moving pieces. They have to just be like, oh, Jane's not with me anymore. All right, yeah. Thor 3. Yeah. Pe- Pepper's total screen time moving forward from Iron Man 3, I think, rounds out at about six minutes if even that the yeah. only thing she's in after this is homecoming, homecoming maybe does she get extremis removed from her she does yeah tony yeah. tony mentions that in the voiceover because he takes he, extremis out and then he gets the arc reactor and he gets the arc reactor so removed. they both have surgeries where things are removed yeah, yeah. which is why this Seems. has to be the last story <laughs> like this really really does have to be the last story because tony has his arc has completely landed from his Iron arc Man reactor one. has completely it has to be the last <laughs> Iron Man story because anything we do after this when Tony says the suits were pulling me away from the people I love I can't do the suits and be a real person we can't have him ever make a suit again after that without invalidating this lesson but yeah. I think he does invalidate the lesson like I think I think that's almost I the that's point that's why he loses Pepper yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah that's a good, that's a good I think how does he get her back like that's they don't know what we, to we, do we don't know how he got her back this. we know he lo- how he lost her because he mentions in I think more importantly, they don't know what to do with Pepper. Yeah. That's why I think she should have died at the tanker. Or yep. kept Extremis and been a superhero. Been a superhero, <laughs> except like... We would want to watch that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's actually one of my least favorite elements of this movie is that Pepper becomes Get a superhero. For like, for, well, because the secret for the secret act, I guess, four uh, secret superpower is superpower girlfriend now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was confused the first time that Killian... Throughout this whole movie, we've seen all of the extremist people fight. And right. they have, it's it's mostly just indestructible. Right. Yeah. They they're regular fighters, they're indestructible. And then, like two thirds into the movie, he goes and breathes, <sighs> and breathes fire. And breathes fire. And you're like, what? When did this come? To be fair, love that Rhodes comments on it. <laughs> like I love that Rhodes you like, fire you breathe now? fire now. All right. <laughs> all right okay. Okay. Like yeah. C- Callie was watching with me and she goes, literally one second before Rhodes said it, he goes, 
And Callie goes, he breathes fire now? And then Rhodes goes, so you breathe fire now? And Callie looks at me and goes, yeah! <laughs> but as a, as a story, I felt like, what? It's weird. Yeah, no, completely. I didn't care for that. No. I, um, but you got to have you got to have that fireball shooting Killian action figure, right? <laughs> you got to have that scene. There's a little heated about the whole action figure thing. Um, and I'm not I, heated. He's just breathing hot fire. Nice. Super I, hot fire. I am a fan of Killian, the character, and I'm not a fan of Killian, the uh, fire laser villain. It's yeah. almost like he was originally conceived to be a face for the main villain. Right. Strange how that works. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Um, and we did also, sorry, the girl who plays Maya, uh, Re- Rebecca, is it Johnson? I don't, I'm not sure. She's really great. She's oh, the she, girl from the town. Oh yeah. She's, she's awesome fantastic. And so she could have, I think killed she like a really a dark. She could have totally mm-hmm. done yeah. a She could have done a great job. And it's, it's studio interference that I think Marvel has kind of backed down on, especially these phase three movies. They like, they're like, whatever, like John Watts, you want to make Ferris Bueller's day off starring Spider-Man do it. Yeah. Taika Waititi, you want to make what we do in the shadows starring Thor. You do it. <laughs> I don't know if it's that parallel, but, but, yeah. <laughs> but essentially just like you bring your own style to sure, this. Yeah. Um, and they, yeah, and I think it was get, get weird with it because of the heat that they took for this. And I think Iron Man three and even Thor, the dark world, both kind of fall in because what's after th- the dark world is it winter soldier yeah, yeah. so i for some reason because winter soldier in my <laughs> opinion at least obviously like is ridiculously good yeah iron man 3 and thor the dark world are almost these two movies that i've probably seen the least of any other movie in the mcu yeah, yeah. and they fall into this realm of like they're not terrible they're super entertaining and actually. I- iron man 3 is definitely not terrible yeah. but they almost are like these movies where it's like you had to have these mistakes to learn these things moving forward of like yeah. Cre- yeah. give creative control over give you know each movie its own voice its own taste its own scent and aroma well, I feel like the action figure does play a piece in both Iron Man 3 and Dark World yeah. because I feel like both of those movies are just superhero movies yeah I feel yeah. like we, we really go back into the the action is the best parts of the movie uh, the the character development is kind of like yeah yeah, yeah. Winter Soldier is when they started to get super character driven yeah and, yeah and Winter Soldier was that after Thor two uh-huh. okay so then I guess they that might be something they've learned yeah or they learned in that process phase phase what is this phase two Iron Man yeah we're Iron Man three, 3 begins phase two yes yeah. and phase two is Iron Man three Thor the Dark World Winter Soldier, Winter Soldier Guardians. Guardians. Oh, yeah. Age of Ultron. Ant Man. And Ant Man? Yes. That's all phase two. Uh-huh. It is so clear to me that Winter Soldier, like, I would say that Iron Man 2 and, or Iron Man 3 and Thor the Dark World are almost their own phase. Yeah. And Winter it, Soldier was a complete tonal shift. Winter Soldier set the bar for the rest of these Winter movies. Winter Soldier is also the moment that Joss Whedon became fully out. Not necessarily fully out, but like, out of the seat that he was in and the, and the Russo stepped over. in and thank God for the Russo brothers. We can't brothers. say enough good things about Anthony and Joe Russo. Between on community and the MCU and Arrested Development and Arrested Development. Yeah. I, I'd kiss them both on the mouth. Yeah, they do. They can do no wrong. Yeah. Seriously. It's great that you mentioned that this is phase two because I want to begin a small shout out segment that we'll do on every phase two episode of this show. So without talking to us, without talking to you guys. Yeah. Surprise. <laughs> um, what happens to okay. Luke Skywalker in the Empire sorry. Strikes Back? Sorry, 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 so sorry. I, I, I thought that my like almost only responsibility for this show was programming <laughs> and coming up with new bits. Is that, what is happens, that not me? <laughs> what happens to Luke Skywalker in the Empire Strikes Back? What hand. happens to his hand? hand. His hand gets ripped out it's of his gone. face. And that's the second Star Wars, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. Chrono- uh, in in the real world. Yeah, in the not way that in they Star Wars them. land. Yeah. Second Star Wars. So as yeah. a as a kind of reference to that, in every MCU movie, yeah. somebody loses a hand. Somebody what? gets their hand slapped. In phase two? Just knocked yeah, right you know off. That? Yeah. Do you not know this? No. Yeah. One yeah. a character always gets his hand. Every cut single off. phase two movie, a character gets his hand cut off. Are you serious? Yes. Hundred percent serious. And in this one, it's Killian in that final fight. Yep. He gets his his hand cut off like right at the elbow and it extremis his back. Yep. I can't believe you didn't know this. I genuinely Dude, did not. We're yeah. going to point it out everyone, right? We're going to point it out everyone. Uh, I'm going to be watching these movies like a hawk. We're going to change your whole uh, yeah. world. Oh, my favorite Age of Ultron. Like a Hawkeye. Yeah, the Age of Ultron one's my favorite. Like a Hawkeye, guys. Like I get ho- it. Like a, like a hot like a guy? Hawk. No, you're the chunk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we're at this final battle scene. Um, he's with Rhodey and he says, operate house party protocol. And we have another incredible scene. Oh, it's yeah. so good. Uh, the action in this movie is worthy. really great. Yeah, yes. yeah it really is. I think it goes back to, it's a superhero movie. Like yeah. the epitome of a superhero movie. Yeah. Um, and all of those scenes where you get the big blue one who's uh-huh. just like running like a tank. His name is Igor. Ones. Is that, Igor? Is yeah. that a precursor to the Hulkbuster uh-huh. we think? Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, what sure. I thought totally. as well. Um, and Rhodey's like, give me one of these. And he goes, sorry, they're all programmed in my body. And he he's the only one that can use them. Uh-huh. So Rhodey's got to go and get the president. And I love that his first words once he gets the president down, he goes, I'm going to need that suit, though. <laughs> oh, Rhodey is so Yeah, Don Cheadle's really great in this. Oh, my gosh. Um, we have a, that battle scene. We lose Pepper in the fire. Yep. Uh, Don't then, worry, though. Yeah. Then Tony's trying to beat uh, Killian. Killian. And then at the very end of the day, Gwyneth Paltrow shows up. Now she's a fire breather. Sure, naturally. Uh, she fights Killian, throws a grenade bomb thing in him, lonks him in the suit, fire breathes or something. Did you say lonks? She lonks, lonks him? him in the suit? This, locks him. This is lonks? after Tony's. Yeah, lonks. Right. <laughs> Did you need to call Longsmith to get out? <laughs> it's a very inside joke. <laughs> David ruined his night the other night. We'll get there. Anyway, um, this is after that he's been locked in the suit, though, because Tony locks him in the suit, detonates the suit. Yes. And then that's what Tony's completely without a suit. And you, oh, think, yeah. he, and you think he's dead. Yeah, yeah. But then she does something similar. She didn't necessarily lock him in the entire suit, but she she th- she commands the suit to go in. No, no, no. She doesn't. No, Tony she does puts, that. She, she puts, on her, she she puts well. the suit on her arm. And let me dump on that, because yeah. how does it not melt right off of her? Yeah. She doesn't. Tony's the one that does that I move knew that. and like locks her in the suit. I thought she did that as well. No, Pepper no. can't do that, because the suits are all keyed to Tony. Yeah. Mm. All right. <laughs> All right, you got me. So Pepper, she like smacks him with like a giant like steel beam or something like yeah. that, right? A hot, hot steel beam. Extremists can't melt steel beams. No. <laughs> They're useless against I'm so steel. disappointed in the effort of that joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> Move past it. So then uh, Killian's gone. It's just Pepper and Tony Stark. Yep. And he says as an act of love and dedication to you that I'm no longer going to basically hide myself in my suits and yeah. continue to uh, block out reality. Uh, why don't you set up protocol? Uh, clean slate protocol. Clean slate yep. protocol. Which I want to dump on that. Uh, not the idea, but that apparently he also put in fireworks hidden inside every suit. Fire- yeah. Fireworks are in every, every Iron Man movie. They're ex- yeah, they really are. Right? Are they in Iron Man 1? No, are they in Iron Man 1? I'm sure there's a firework. <laughs> there's only three. <laughs> but the yeah. yeah, the the suit's exploding and just like all sparkly and pretty. I was just like, interesting. Yeah. Weird. I feel like since Iron Man 2, we can we can all agree that uh, when things blow up, sometimes at the end of the movie, they look like fireworks. That's true. 
colorful, fun. It's a good point. It's uh, called my, it's called the the Death Star mindset. I the believe. thing that I don't buy again if we're if we're including that PTSD, anxiety driven, fear driven Tony in this movie, who's compulsively creating suits because he's terrified. Why would Get that Tony suits. build in the clean slate protocol? He, yeah. I, I understood that he that was an afterthought. That that was that was something that he had been working on later. That they, that wasn't something natively in the suits, I, I right? But like but was. at this movie, like I thought it was after they had been fighting. No, when he How leaves, install that when they're yeah, fighting. When From, he, it was, I thought I thought that was part of what was going on with the computer at in the garage at the kid's house. Well, then was he installing house party protocol then? He too? could have been. I mean, honestly, now that yeah. I'm thinking about it, that could sort of rectify it's weird that i'm using this word twice in this episode it's not a normal word for me but uh that could kind of rectify our problem with the house party protocol if they would have disclosed it a little bit because we know it's connected to more than just the one suit but when does tony learn the lesson to let go of the things he can't control when does he learn the lesson that necessitates the creation of the clean slate protocol i don't know who you think that i am but i'm not shane black well (laughs) that's the thing see it's it's unclear because we muddy it so much and it's couched in this ptsd avengers driven anxiety related compulsive building of suits yeah well the the other problem that i feel like we get now that we're in phase two and we're planned out till like phase 12 yeah is you know iron man's coming back yeah yeah um you like for example i don't want to use a real character so i'll just say you know, we know that character X uh, is in Infinity War. So character X, when he dies in this movie, he's not really dead. Right. Yeah. Which, we can make these assumptions. I have no problem using real character names because I don't. So uh, I'll go ahead and preface this. Spoilers for Age of Ultron if you, for some reason, haven't seen that yet. That's why I was so shocked when Quicksilver died. And he stayed dead. Yeah, he's gone. And why spoilers for, for uh, when is it, Winter Soldier? Fury's not dead, yeah, because we know he's going to be in Avengers, yeah, yeah. And it, it, that's it was it was this huge thing you? for. To me, it almost keeps me guessing a little, but when I know they're going to be there, it does frustrate. Yeah. Frustrates me, but but with that's why I think that that Marvel spends so much time building up a uh, viewer relationship with side characters because since we know the main characters aren't going anywhere, they can they can hurt us emotionally <laughs> yeah. by killing off side characters like Coulson yeah. and people like that. Yeah, but then. With like with Quicksilver, they, I mean, Quicksilver got me good. That, yeah. I mean, that, what's that guy's name again? Uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Aaron Taylor Johnson. I mean, he's yeah. a pretty big actor. Yeah. yeah, like a fantastic actor in my opinion. And Quicksilver is not a small character. Yeah. And he was so dope. And then when he died, I was just like blown away. Yeah, yeah. and he stayed dead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, so anyway, we land this movie. Uh, Extremis is removed from Pepper because Tony holds the missing piece. Uh, so he gets it removed from her. He gets the arc reactor removed from his chest, which in that moment, the voiceover and the everything that, that he is saying there leads us to believe that arc reactor inside his chest is what's powering the suits. They don't have external power yeah. um, aside from the ones that Jarvis is controlling. Mm-hmm. We're not understanding when Tony's in the suit, that arc reactor is what is powering those suits. Just an empty shell that sits on top of that. Yeah. And so when he is getting that removed, he's saying, I'm letting go. I said this a million times, letting go of the things I can't control, which means that he is no longer Iron Man yeah. once, he, once he doesn't have the arc reactor in his chest. And so to me, that scene, you, you can't have that in this movie. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 I do agree with you, both blowing up all the suits and taking the arc reactor out. That's the last, Iron, Iron, Man last Iron Man movie. Yeah. Ever it just cheapens some things. I think you're right. Yeah. I think, in the I same think way, you're In the right. same way that Batman versus Superman has to be like the last Batman and Superman story. Yeah. You know, that can't be like a, a beginning or like a middle of the road thing. 
Iron Man removing his arc reactor, destroying all of his suits cannot be yeah. a Fa- middle. A phase two of four. Yeah, movies. exactly. Yeah. Well, in the other, looking at it logically, and maybe you guys can you know shed some light on this as well, um, this is the guy who could create his own element to keep the strap metal from going into his heart. But now he can just do surgery and get it out. No. So uh, an interesting note about that surgery scene this was the beginning of Marvel's ongoing partnership with a Chinese film studio. Um, and so those doctors are Chinese actors. Hmm. Uh, and so Marvel essentially handed that scene off over to the studio and said, you guys film the scene, use your people. We'll send you RDJ. Like you get all this stuff. We'll put it in the movie so that it would play better in international markets. Interesting. Yeah. Just that one scene. Mm-hmm. No, it's, would, it's honestly super smart. Yeah. Would they get really excited that they're, their actors are in one scene of a movie. I mean, if you live in a country where you have virtually Zero. no representation in movies, yeah. But so, but what? How does that? How does that heal the logic of? It doesn't heal the logic, but it, it helps us understand why the scene maybe is why there. the scene yeah. is in there. I feel like I you, 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 you could use those actors in another scene. David, Absolutely. I don't know who you think I am, <laughs> but I am not Shane Black. <laughs> I'm just wondering why. If it was so easy to have one surgery to get the strap metal removed, why didn't he do that in Iron Man 1 or 2? Because in the way that it's framed in this, because once he gets that removed, he's powerless. He's no longer in control of things. And so it's it's because he's been afraid to get it removed. I felt, but in in the second one, he would have done anything to get it removed. It was killing him. I don't think he would have. I think his number one die goal, than he would rather die than, than not be have defenseless. The yeah. I think that's kind of part of the weakness. Yeah. And so in this movie, he learns to accept his own weakness and accept the fact that essentially there are things out there that he can't control. So now it's problematic because anyone can basically be Iron Man. Like anyone can control the suit. Well, anyone but they obviously already could. Rhodey wears War Machine. That's what I'm saying. So, so, what, so what's problematic about it other than him just not having the arc reactor? I, I, that's, this is one of the things that I, just, I disagree with you a little bit on. I, I don't see him having the arc reactor or not having the arc reactor as problematic so much as it just seemed premature for him to get rid of it. But I don't think that makes him stop being Iron Man. I don't think that I don't makes know that him it's necessarily stop problematic being... for character ability, but I do think that it it's bad for character, uh, character motivation. See, but I think you could also make the argument from the other side of the same coin that removing it and thinking it would solve all his problems and finding out that it didn't is equally as compelling, which if we, if that's the direction we need to go, we need that in a movie. Sure. We don't get that. Like, well, that's just, we haven't really had one that focused on, we haven't had a movie in a while that gave Iron Man alone enough screen time to go anywhere besides overarching conflict. Then yeah. you can't land this movie there. Yeah, I agree. Then that this landing has to come sometime later. Yeah. I agree. Well, obviously we're kind of circling the drain here. So yeah. uh, the final, the final scene with him actually talking to uh, Bruce is yeah, that post credit so scene. So good. So it's really great. Um, He's falling asleep. I love it. And he's like, what I'm was the last thing you heard? Uh, an elevator and burn in 99? <laughs> I'm not that kind of doctor, man. I'm, that's not what I do. It's really good. Really is there another? That. Is there another? Nope. Just the one. Is it really? Uh-huh. Interesting. Yeah. For some reason, I was thinking there's another. But anyway, um, that's kind of where that movie lands. Um, and so now's as good a time as any to move into our to rate. That's the new theme song for the... It's In phase two, we're going to do that theme song before every rating piece. Wow. There's a lot of new bits yeah. being that introduced we that have been run by yeah. us. <laughs> <laughs> Rated. I'm for it. I'm into it now, actually. <laughs> that second time really, really nailed it. Um, can we go one more? 
Yeah, I'm definitely in, actually. So uh, here at Two Junks and a Hunk, we've come up with something that we refer to as the scientific cinema scale. It is a uh, flawless and and mathematically perfect Mm -hmm. rating system. Um, So much math. Oh, it's math for days. Um, And so we're going to run you through that rating system very quickly. Um, If this is your first episode, sorry that it's not going to be... I was just thinking, it's so much math that it's math-y. <laughs> you math-y for that one. <laughs> we we math-y. You math-y for that one, boy. Ooh, ooh that's math-y. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So if this is your first episode, uh, you should start at a different one. But since you're already here, we're going to run you through that scientific cinema mm-hmm. scale. Uh, the best thing we can ever say about a movie is going to be to uh, own it, don't lend it, and buy, buy that poster. The next best thing that we could say, buy it. Have it in your home permanently. You know what I mean? Right after that, the next best thing that we could say is to rent it. Spend a little uh, Dolores on uh, getting to watch through that one. Uh, right after that, we're going to label that stream it so what that means is basically don't spend any extra kashish but if you've got a streaming service that you're already putting some of your major dollars and cents towards (laughs) go ahead and tune in if it's on there that is um the next best and second worst thing that we can say about a movie is going to be forget it you are better off if you just pretend that that movie does not exist and then finally the worst thing we could ever say about a movie God hath forsaken us. So, I'm going to rate this movie right now. I'll jump right in and say, I'm going to give this movie a confident and hearty rent it. I think that this movie is fun. I think that it is a worthy addition to the MCU as far as stylistic choices go, but maybe not necessarily a great continuation of what has already been set up but it really is a decent movie a good watch and if you like rdj as tony it's more of that so you might as well jump on in so i'm confidently landing on rent it confidently landing on rent it as well i think for action comedy and kind of a like you said mystery whodunit Mm -hmm. i think it's a fun movie it's a superhero movie um at every turn uh don't think the character characterization or the the overall arc for Tony is incredible mm-hmm. or great by any means. Sure. But I think as a superhero movie, as a fun watch, rent it. Yep. I'm also gonna say rent it. Oh you watch this like that in a while. Yeah, when you watch this movie, fast forward to like 30 minutes, watch that, and then watch until the end of the fight on the oil tanker, but don't watch the beginning and the end because those are for the beginning and the end of a different movie. So yeah, go ahead and pay your money to rent it and then don't watch the whole thing. (laughs) Hey, I didn't say it was a good financial decision. (laughs) But wow, that's a, that's a triple rent it. Triple rent. It feels good to be, to be back on the same page. We agree with each other again. It feels nice. Yeah. Make sure we do this every episode. Yeah. It's going to get real boring. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. I didn't, but now I do because you said it. Um, anyway, uh, before we go, we've got a few shout outs to give and I'm going to toss this section on over to my good buddy. Doge. I'm better at reading. Um, <laughs> so we, uh, we recently launched a website. Uh, you can go to any store you want and pick up a free copy of America online, like a 30 minute demo. And once you get that, go to www.twochunksandahunk.com. Uh, and you can find us on our website. So I want to shout out some people who have reached out to us through the website. 
Um, we were giving away a uh, bespoke wallpaper. It was, oh, it's so gnarly looking. It's a really great, it's a really great addition to your mobile device. It's not uh, good. So we want to shout out our friend Brady, our friend Colton, and our friend Alden. Uh, Thanks, guys. You guys email us through the website, and that's super rad. So it is. Uh, if you want to submit pumps and dumps for any movie, uh, also shout out to Jordan Green. You submitted yeah. some pumps and dumps for the Avengers, and we forgot to read them. That's because we're, we're bad at this. Because we're bad. Um, if you want to contact us through the website, that'll be really freaking cool. That would be a good time. Once again, that is two chunks and a hunk dot com. Wherever books are sold, it's two chunks dot edu. <laughs> We're a university now. <laughs> don't don't go to twochunks.edu because I don't know do what that is. Do if you is. want to. I don't know what that is. Hey, believe in yourself. You <laughs> got go to, this. You go can do anything you want. www.twochunksandahunk.comm. Http colon backslash backslash www.twochunksandahunk.com backslash Well, David has to poop, so I guess we'll go ahead and sign off for the day. All right, you guys are great. Bye, David. See you, man. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.